Welcome to Winning the Game of Life. Known as Jungle Man at the poker table, Dan Cates has gone from being the bag boy at McDonald's with no friends and a dead-end future to winning over $11 million in online poker, over $7 million in live tournaments, and is a World Series of Poker champion. He has found fame, fortune, been to incredible places all over the globe, and connected with some amazing people. It looks like Dan has won the game of life, but that is not the way he sees it. Dan sees winning as doing his part to help everyone in the world win. He knows he can't do it alone, though. He knows it's going to take a collective effort with anyone that wants to see the same thing. Join us each week as Dan starts the conversation to do just that. On the show, Dan will interview incredible individuals that have made the impossible possible. Those that have won the game of life and those that want to help others win as well. Hit subscribe and follow Dan's journey on Instagram at TheDanCates. Let's explore anyone and anything that can help make this world a better place, increasing the odds of us all winning the game of life. And now, here's your host, Dan Cates. What's up, guys? It's Jungle Man. I'm here with the one and only Falcons, Mr. Falcons, Phil Galfon, right in my clutches. I finally have him right where I want him, right on center stage, and I'm going to totally embarrass him. And I'm going to expose his his uh, dastardly plan, uh, dastardly plan, whatever it is. I don't I don't even know the right word for it. It's so uh, so fiendish right here. Mr. Galfond, what do you have to say for yourself? Thanks for having me on Jungle. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course you are. <laughs> You're sick. Of course you're happy. This is what, <laughs> of course, you're never unhappy. It makes me mad. Uh, it turns out we were born very close to each other. The, the, um, what's the saying? The uh, apple doesn't fall far from the tree. Something like that. I think it applies here. And I don't think it wonder. applies. But carry on. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well. Whatever I am, the orange doesn't fall far from the apple tree. Something the like the orange that. doesn't fall far from the apple. Yeah, it, the orange ends up rolling to the apple tree. Something like that. They come. They end up getting in the same basket. Actually, there we go. The orange yeah. and the apples end up getting in the same basket and aren't that far away. Yeah, we're gonna go with that one. Yeah. So uh, tell us how you got into poker, Mister Galfond. Falcons. I, I, I don't. Yeah. Know. I'm getting confused. Go ahead. Yeah, no, it's confusing. Um, I mean, I, I gambled a lot growing up uh, with friends. We played like we played card games that I guess were poker, but they're not things that you see spread in casinos um, anywhere. So I was a gambler in my teens and only found poker through. I mean, I watched it on TV a little bit, but a friend of mine from Maryland who um, uh, was in that group of friends that, that we gambled with was taking poker kind of seriously. He won a tournament on party poker for $30,000 or something. We were, I was 19 at the time or 18 maybe. And um, he actually reached out to me and he said, Hey, Phil, you know, I've been studying poker. I picked up a couple of books. Um, I've, you know, as you know, like it was the talk of our friend group that he won, uh, you know, $30,000. So he reached out and he was like, I think, I think that you'd be really good at this um, if you tried. So I liked, I still liked to gamble and I liked the idea of that. Uh, of winning a bunch of money and playing a game. So uh, I picked up a couple books. I think they're pretty bad books. Um, 
but but started my journey there and then actually the the first kind of good book that i found was um was a Sklansky book. I think it's Hold'em Poker for Advanced Players. Um, and then I found the two plus two forums and, um, you know, the rest is history. What made him think that you would be pretty good at that? Um, I guess I was, I was, you know, good at math. Like I, I was a good, yeah. I, I think he thought I would have high aptitude for the things that poker took essentially. Does that involve conniving plots? And of course, of course, it involves conniving plots. Yeah. Yeah. It does. Yeah, but I see right through your plots, and that also oh, happens to be to see through plots. Happens to be another poker skill. Uh, it's very important to poker is seeing well, seeing behind the veil. The thing is, jungle. You know, most people can't see through my plots, but that's why you're. You're one of the all-time greats. Thank you, Phil. Thank you. Uh, oh, you're even you're in uh, breaking down my uh, my barriers a little bit. I have to admit, it's not easy to do. Um, I think math is. Well, what do you think? Do you think math's really important for poker? <clears throat> I think that the actually physically, you know, or I guess mentally doing math, like arithmetic like actually doing it is not important but i think the same kind of aptitude or you know the same skill set mentally or the same equipment that makes one good at math uh prepares one for thinking through things in poker i think logic which is you know kind of a component of math is is one of the biggest uh tools that one use to logically deduce based on the actions of your opponent on flop turn and river uh pre-flop as well of course and then all the history against them how you think they think and and you know narrowing their range down based on that and then figuring out okay well if if this is what i think they're doing what do i need to do about that in response i think that's that's all in kind of the yeah the logic genre what do you think i think uh i think you've pretty much gotten close to where Thank the target you. is in this case well you should have some practice doing that swooping in it's kind of your thing it is. Uh, right. yeah. uh, so yeah i think uh yeah i guess there's some kind of ability to like look at something from like a I think it's just the strategic element that it sounds like you're alluding to, which I think is yeah. a little alien to many people that uh, helps a lot with making people good at poker. I think, is that what you're saying? Yeah, I think so. I mean, what were, what were your strengths, like your aptitude in, in school, you know, before you found poker? I was very good at math, actually. Yeah. I think there yeah. a lot of players that were not that good at math, but not 100% sure about that one. Um, I think there are some, but I think they're few and far between, honestly. I mean, they definitely exist, and they're great players who are not that good at it. But I, I, think, I think most of us are. I was personally pretty good at most subjects and writing, actually, but I don't think writing is really... I don't know. I think there's a lot of poker players that aren't exactly stellar writers. I'm trying to think. Some are like pretty good at sports. 
who would have thought? I think I think a lot of um well, I think I think yeah, I know a lot of poker players that are good at sports and like, or at least if they're not excellent, like I'm not, I'm five foot six, I'm not an excellent athlete, but I played sports my whole life. Um, and I think a lot of poker players are uh, competitive people essentially and competitive people are drawn to sports trying very hard in sports competitive people are are drawn to poker and succeed in poker more often because i think you need that competitive drive to kind of you need the hunger to learn and and to compete against your opponents to, to kind of drive your your work ethic and to like pick you back up when when things go poorly yeah no, that, that makes sense for sure. Like you definitely need that drive that, that you want something pretty badly uh, to keep like trying to get it like that. You absolutely need in poker. I think it teaches that actually. Um, yeah. or at least it, if, if you have enough, whatever, it eventually teaches something like that is what I think. Yeah. Yeah. And, and even like poker players who don't come from sports background often come from, you know, mind sports background of like chess or magic, the gathering or, um, other strategic things that, that are competitive. And what, uh, what other kind of competitive things do you do? What else do you use your time for? I know that you're not just playing poker these days. I know, <laughs> I know that's not big on your agenda. I yeah. I haven't been playing that much. I mean, these days I spend a lot of time on, on run at once on, on run at once training, um, where you work for me. And uh, run at once poker as well. <laughs> uh, I, I spend a lot of my time on that. Uh, it keeps me plenty busy. But honestly, I, I miss playing. I want to. I want to get back to some more playing. And what else do you do? Do you only work on run at once? Yeah, I feel like there's a. <laughs> I feel like you you are think that you have a. Um, like some secret that I'm not exposing, but I don't, I don't think you do. <laughs> yeah. I, I work on the business. Okay. If you say so, Mr. Falcons, and what made you decide to, well, let's get to that for a second. Let's hold that thought. Actually. I want to dig into this a little bit. You're not okay. going anywhere. Let's talk a little bit more about poker. What would you say your biggest challenges were to become one of the greats of online poker? You're one of the biggest winners on the internet. You also have some tournament success, not that many, not not so much, Mr. Falcons. Don't yeah. know your ego is massive, but yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, why don't you talk about what your challenges were to get to the highest stakes and compete against Phil Ivey and Patrick Antonius? And those sorts yeah. of goals. I think I had two major challenges. Um, one being poor bankroll management. Mm -hmm. I was I was taking shots very often, and so like there were a lot of times where I like on more than one occasion I lost half my role in a single day, um, which you're not supposed to do, generally speaking. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and and I I've. I was always fortunately able to like mentally reset and go back down and grind and build back up. Um, but I was fortunate those opportunities were still there uh, to, to grind back up and kind of the, all the stakes in between. So that was one. I think the other one is um, confidence. I think that I, I think a lot of players are overconfident. I think I'm underconfident. 
uh, or at least I was. Um, and I mean, I still am at times. And this, I think it's it's generally a good thing to be somewhat underconfident when it comes to, you know, how much you're willing to lose against somebody or game selection or things like that. But, uh, and like questioning your strategy, revising your strategy, studying, mm-hmm. always questioning the plays you make. I think it's good from that perspective. But I think that to execute at the highest level, y- you need more confidence in yourself than I think I have. And so I think sometimes I struggle making the plays that I should make due to a, like a lack of confidence. So that's that's one of the the bigger battles that I've fought. You know what? What? That's that's why you're the perfect geek boy, because you seem so unassuming. That's why that's why no one can see through it. But um, that is why, because sometimes I'm even fooled. But anyway, uh, I can I can see how it's both a plus and a minus. In my opinion, at least in poker, uh, confidence should be earned, or at least it. I mean, to some to some extent, confidence should be earned like i mean i think people get the idea of confidence wrong and that has mm, there's like there's different kinds of confidence there's at least in poker when you're playing very high stakes a lot of your confidence should be earned um and some should be feigned to some degree which is like kind of like inner confidence where it has to be uh just Mm -hmm. believe that the things will work out it's kind of a tough thing to foster but it seems fosterable that's what i think um yeah but i'd imagine i'd imagine uh i guess you could say like a little bit of attitude does help a little bit at high stakes yeah I, uh, lack, lacking the attitude if you say so i feel like i've seen it come out i feel like if, Have you? if you dig into you enough it'll come out uh i don't think it helps that much though at least in poker it's uh you know honestly where where i think it helps the most is in like uh tournament poker especially like you know softer field tournament poker where the right play is just to just hammer some people again and again and just like always pull the trigger and always you know that your image is terrible but like you seem crazy aggressive but just keep doing it and i think i i start to question myself too often i think i don't i don't push those edges as far as i should um maybe that's I don't I don't know if it's fully lack of confidence, but I think that's I think the like that's a quality that tournament players have, I think, like universally. The, the top tournament players, I feel like they they have a lot of confidence in themselves at the table. Huh. Um more so than cash players, I think. I'm curious if that's true. That might be true. I don't know. I've never thought there's of like it. a lot of yeah, there's a lot of chicken. Like you're playing chicken in tournaments where you know, if you, if somebody flinches, they lose. Uh, and sure. I feel like, yeah, I feel like that's an element there. There's definitely, I mean, that can be true. I find it's not that true, to be honest. Like, it's much, much easier to do something like fuck up a lot in terms of ICM with opening too much and this kind yeah. of stuff. Or, like, have a bad strategy that can be exploited very easily in ICM later. Um, I can see how that's true, but, I mean... If you just like, if, I think these days people, I think in soft fields, it's absolutely, what you're saying is absolutely true. Um, but against really good players, I think that element of conscientiousness does more good than bad. Cause it, uh, I think that's you, very well said. I agree. And today, today with, you know, in the post solver era, I think you're completely right. Yeah. It, um, yeah, it keeps you honest, you could say. 
<laughs> yeah. Uh, like uh, an element of conscientiousness, I think ultimately is a good thing. It's a, I mean, I like to imagine that transferring this to other areas of life, if you get too aggressive with people, it ends up uh, eventually backfiring. I think the parallel kind of works in this mm -hmm. way. What do you think, Phil? Business perhaps? Yeah, you can, you can even take the parallel further, the analogy, and say, you know, some some aggression and pushiness is a, can can be like effective against a lot of people, but against the people where it's that that really matter, that are really important. Um, yeah, it can it can be a negative. Yeah. Right. So people get their way. Like some people are pushy, aggressive people in general can kind of like climb up in the world in certain ways by pushing people around. But when it comes to their family and their loved ones and forming relationships, it can be, it can be damaging. That's a good point. I never thought of that actually, or people that are pivotal for your success. Yeah. You don't want to like, it's bad to have like too aggressive of like a social strategy is how I personally view it. It's bad to like push the boundaries too much because then it's really hard to like get those boundaries back. And uh, it's, um, if you don't push them too much, it tends to be okay. I mean, you have to like find the edge. You got to be on the edge. Uh, that's how I view it anyway. Sure. Uh, I had a question for you. I'm thinking, what was that question? Uh, oh yeah. So I'm curious, you said you don't have a lot of confidence, but you still had enough, a lot of confidence to go up to the highest stakes possible. Like what was, what was it that drove you to play all these stakes and to, uh, play against even like some of the best players in the world, like Phil Ivey and Isildur mm -hmm. and uh, like in the Bobby's game. And you, know, you play basically the biggest games in the world. Um, well, it's kind of, I guess it's a competitive drive. Uh, it's, and kind of, I wanted to see if, I've always wanted to see if I could do it, if I could succeed and on the, on the biggest stage or in the biggest, you know, against the best. Mm -hmm. uh, and so I guess it's, that's about challenging myself. And so I have a, if I were to describe my, I don't know, the interplay of my confidence and my competitive drive, it's like, I really, really badly want to be able to do this. I don't know if I can, but I really, I really want to. Okay. I mean, I'd said, I would say that, uh, I mean, that, that difference of being able to like push able through those doubts is really vital to success, at least to do so in a prudent manner, not like, trip your bankroll now, what's the angriest you've ever gotten uh I, I mean i need to think about that before i do i i do want to say like i think a lot of people assume i'm not very competitive because i'm not because i'm friendly right uh, or i i present as friendly uh you know better <laughs> but the I, i'm not competitive yeah. in that i want to you know crush other people's souls i don't want to like uh -huh. it's not that i'm competitive with myself i but i'm extremely competitive um with myself and uh, I think a lot of people don't see that. Anyways, the angriest I've ever gotten. <laughs> I don't know. I am capable of getting angry, but you. But I think what it is is probably. All right, compare me. I think. Well, okay. Compare me to the average person. I think you can get a little angrier than the average person. But compare me to the average uh, person. Not me. Not me. You. You're right. I probably get. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Thirty. I probably get thirty percent as angry, but seem ten percent as angry. So I think I can get angrier than I seem, but I still don't get as angry as most people. 
What are you thinking about when you get really angry? That's a good question. I'm trying, I need to think of a time that I got really angry. Um, man, I don't know. It's, I mean, these are the hard hitting questions. Putting you on the spot. I told you I had you right where you, where I want you. I told you. Right. Okay. I'm I mean, I think the crushing limbs between your claws, maybe. Honestly, I think about, um, I don't know how to put, I mean, obviously it depends on the situation, but I, you know, I, I live most of my day is spent here in my office. Um, I'm, I'm pretty introverted. Um, like, uh, not antisocial. I like people, but I don't spend a lot of my time socializing. Right. And I think, uh, and I like being alone. And so I think that what I think about when I'm angry generally with somebody else is just like, don't want to be dealing with people right now. I just, yeah. So, uh, so not rushing limbs, just, just going back into my, just locking myself in my room being, <laughs> and, and yeah, not dealing with people. I do, I do something similar. I like just really close up and don't want to, mm. I don't know if it's some kind of defense mechanism or I don't know what it is, but sometimes I just really just don't yeah. people, period. Yeah. It's probably a defense mechanism for both of us. If, um, well, I don't want to make assumptions about you, but you can try. I can try. And no, we'll... I, I think that, you know, like we we're I think probably both of us are um uh you know, have high aptitude in a lot of areas. A lot of things come naturally to us. Um, but I think that, you know, like the like the 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 social world is not one of those things. So it's an area where we don't feel as strong or as confident in ourselves. And so it's easy as a defense mechanism when something's going poorly there to just be like, okay, I want to be done with this right now. Yeah, although, well, that's an interesting subject for myself. I don't know if the audience would find it interesting, although I think social, the way social dynamics end up playing out is um, interesting it's just interesting because there are many like caveats to it. And I think, I think the audience would find it interesting, but I, but I don't know what you mean by caveats. Well, let's explore it a little bit. What I mean by caveats is that, so there's a lot of people that connect, can connect to people very superficially and connect with, they, well, they can, let's just say they can connect with people with a lot of people and they're really natural at it. And then uh, there's people that, that uh, do not connect with that many people that um but they'll end up like potentially they'll tend to end up i don't know if they'll tend to end up having deeper connections but there's something to be said for like the magnitude of those deeper connections if that makes sense yeah. um which can actually be more valuable than a bunch of superficial ones and i think that most people no not most people they just tend to be, uh, I think over time, people tend towards being able to be better at both, but it's like a subtle point that uh, the deeper connections can be more valuable in a lot of situations. Yeah. There's a little Not bit understated sure. where, it's, where it's like, if you think about something like networking or business, your first thought is, oh, I'm gonna like connect with a million people. And actually, that's not really true. It's, um, that's what I found is that 
you don't really want to connect with a lot of people necessarily. What you want to do is connect with the right people and connect deeply, if that makes sense. Sure. At least yeah. that's my experience in business, you could say. And in friendships and probably in relationships too. I mean, it all like kind of boils down to that. I personally think, I mean, that works for me, but I guess other people work differently. I think it ends up working that way for everyone to a certain extent, but there's plenty of social chameleons out there. Yeah, I agree that that the the more serious, the deeper connections are more valuable in, in a lot of ways, but I, I do think people can do both. I think, um, you know, it's like, it's harder for, like, I tend to have more of those deeper connections and, and relationships and not, you know, a ton of superficial ones. That's because I'm, you know, not extroverted. But I don't know, I, I just think of, like, my friends who are extroverted. I, I know a lot of people who have a lot of superficial, I wouldn't, I, superficial is maybe um, suggestive of something negative, you know, it has a negative connotation. But you know, they have a lot of acquaintances that they're friendly with, a lot of people they're friendly with. And those are genuine, those are genuine connections in that they like mm -hmm. each other. They, you know, are friendly with each other. They're positive influence, like they're positive forces in each other's lives, but they're just not as deep. They don't spend as much time together, yeah. but then also have the deeper ones as well. Sure. Um, I don't think it's necessarily bad to have superficial connections. It's just that, let's put it this way. If you were to give a range for superficial connections to be bad and arrange for deeper connect connections to be bad necessarily it must be the case well i guess the deeper connection can still be negative it's like uh, uh, <laughs> you and your fucking like whoever you're <laughs> conniving with then it's like pure evil disguised uh, right. but no uh, i'm with you but uh, there's a lot of like a lot of ways for superficial connections to leak. Let's put it that way, in a way that is not really constructive too much at all. Let's put it like that. Sure. Yeah. You want to have a force. You want it to be strong and dense. You don't want it to be like like a blanket. You don't want it to be a blanket. Yeah. Teaching this at my run at one. I think once we can video. That. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> that. In a quote in one of my videos. <laughs> um, all right. I want to know what's the worst thing you've ever done prior to your grand scheming unfold. Well, can we can we address the elephant in the room? What is my grand scheming? Hmm, where do I even begin? I think what you are trying to do is you are trying to subtly, but with unbridled unbridled um unbridled softness and not the word for soft but it's a word similar to soft unbridled um i can't think of a good word but something like a soft force like you're sort of unveiling a a soft blanket around the poker world. That's oh no, not blankets again. Then it, um, it's bad, right? <laughs> it's bad. It's fucking. It's I bad. know it's bad, but it's made of a very firm material, and okay. no one really knows that you're doing this. Uh, and it's covering the entire poker world. And when it covers the whole thing, you're gonna just close this blanket, and. <laughs> <laughs> that's what you're doing and people yeah. don't see it you have no enemies and that's that's weird 
You know what they say about people with no enemies? I don't. There's they what? say they're friend to none. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I right. think I have some friends. Maybe I haven't. Maybe we. Maybe I have enemies that neither of us know about. Yeah, um, we do well. Yeah, that we do know about. I'm wrapping a firm blanket around the poker world, and uh, and they don't see it coming. Yeah. yeah. Okay. We're on the I'd same page now. I knew I'd get you to confess. Yeah. Now yeah. that I have you right here, <laughs> locked up uh, and ready to just be exposed to the whole internet. Finally, <laughs> yeah. they don't see how they don't really they don't really they don't really know how firm the blanket is. It seems cozy, and and soft and pillowy. Wait to them. Are you trying to say that you've already got the whole poker world covered? No, no, we're early. We're early in my scheme. I'm gonna have to get on. No, it'll take. I mean, come on, an undertaking like that. No, now you're trying to. Now you're trying to make it seem like you haven't solve this but i think i figured it out now i think i really figured it out <laughs> uh i i know what you're doing i fucking know what you're doing you can't fool me either way i'm gonna find a way out of this firm blanket i'm working on a solvent that's gonna poke a hole right through this fucking thing just you wait you have no idea anyway let's go back to the worst thing you've ever done i want to know what it worst is. thing i've ever done i it's going to take me a while. Um, the problem is if I, I don't think I'll get, like, I honestly can't, I have not thought of it. I'm not, I've, I make mistakes. I've done things that are bad, but I, anytime you ask somebody that question, what's going to happen is they're just going to like, if I had one in my head, it would either be probably not the worst thing or maybe something that I would not want to answer or not, not want to say. So I feel like if I, I'll dig back and I'll try, but I don't know if, What's a bad thing that you've done? Okay, a bad thing that I've done. Um, really, I'm struggling to think of examples. I think most of the bad things that I that I've done, at least lately. Huh? What? Go ahead. I think, Go ahead. I think I think most of the bad things that I've done, at least for the longest while, um, are like um, making so like making biting off more than I can chew and and expecting to be able to deliver more than I can. So like, oh, that's not bad. I know, I know, but I but that's like. I don't do things that are intentionally bad. I do like, I mean, maybe I'm trying to think back to when I was a kid. Um, but lately it's, it's mainly, you know, like neglecting responsibilities because I've taken on too many responsibilities and I can't. I will well, say, I either, yeah. go ahead. No, no, no. I either can't or decide not to like prioritize other things. Um, so like, okay. So, I mean, this is a silly one, but just the first thing that pops in my head is, I made a, so I started making YouTube videos and I did a podcast and at the end of the podcast, I talked about how I want to do more like this, where I talk uh, to people who are at different, at like a pivotal point in their poker career mm -hmm. and would like some advice or not necessarily advice from me, but just want to talk it through and, you know, trying to make a decision uh, to go one way or another in their career. And I, I had a link below the video that said, you know, submit uh, just click here if you're interested in being on the show and, um, submit some answers. And then, uh, that gets emailed to me and then I will reach out and connect. And I got, I don't know how many responses now, but you know, got a dozen responses or so pretty quickly. And that was 
a couple of months, I don't know, a few months ago, and I haven't gotten back to them because I haven't had time to record another podcast. And I just, that's fucked up. Right. It is bad. And so like, that's, that's the, that's the kind of, um, genre of bad things that I do. Uh, yeah. That's really fucked up. Yeah. But you did the right thing and you confessed. But guess what? I've done that too. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, I've done that too. I haven't responded to everyone on Instagram. Maybe I should actually. Like, I could be convinced to do it. And I've actually made the same damn error. It's really easy to make that error. It's it like is. the error that. That people in business make all the time, actually. You should see it everywhere. It's like the thing. Um, it's super hard to like predict what you're able to do in a short-term window. It's like, it's. I remember reading a statistic that it's 1.7 times everything you think uh, will take, everything, how do I say this? Everything you want to do takes about 1.7 times as long as you think it will take and this seems really about the right uh multiplier for me because man it just seems like somehow i don't know what's going on but it just feels like i have all these plans and it all sounds so pretty but um yeah it falls if you plan too much it falls through and there's just this like x factor of like nonsense that can happen and then it just gets you you never have to underestimate. You can't underestimate the X, X factor. Very important. Yeah, yeah. there's always going to be things that come up in, because when it happens, I mean, it happens to everybody in every aspect of business. And I think of it in like software development most because I've been a part of companies that develop software. And it's and the example there is, you know, they plan for the perfect scenario, but then things come up. Either they get stuck on one thing or, you know, somebody introduces a new element that they need to add to it, or they need to put out a fire because something, you know, something broke, um, just things pop up and same things happen, you know, in our daily lives where we think, okay, well, oh, I've got three months to, to do this. I can do this in three months. That's like this many hours and I can do it every day. And then, oh, wait, there's this trip here. Oh, you know, God forbid somebody in, in the family gets sick. We have to go do that, uh, you know, go visit them. Oh, this, this other, like, oh, this poker game popped up. I have to play that for a week. Like things just happen. And, um, we're, we're really bad as humans. I think at at building in that buffer. Cause we're just planning in the kind of idealized scenario of, of everything going smoothly and no interruptions. Oh, for sure. It's like a form of, uh, I think it's a form of greed. Really. I think it's a form of, I mean, it's easy to, um, I mean, on a smaller scale, I know you're always thinking big and on grand scales, but I'm going to just go back to a smaller scale for a second. Just being on time. Being on time is tough, as a, as you may have discovered recently uh, for some people. <laughs> Let's name any names. Uh, myself. So that people don't think that you are the culprit of this one. Uh, yeah, it's just really, it's tough to be on time for a lot of reasons uh, all the time. Because there's always like some chance that, well, maybe if you have a car, maybe not. But uh, like your Uber's canceled, 
all this stuff. I don't have a car. I don't need a car. I don't want anyone knowing my license plate, especially not you. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> all right. Let's, uh, let's go the other direction. What's the best thing you've ever done? Uh, I mean, uh, become a father. Uh, that's made a human, huh? Right, made created a human, my son. It's a fair point. As long as he's working for good, I guess. So far, you know, we know you never know. Best wishes to your son and happy, happy holidays. All that nice stuff. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I can be cordial to my enemies. I don't need to. Yeah. I don't need. I, th I, I believe in being uh, a fierce adversary, the fiercest, but also a yeah. gentleman. I think, uh, I think that's understandable. Yeah. yeah, and uh, it uh, sends, a, sends a certain message. Let's put it that way. I want to ask, well, have you done anything that, have you done anything that is, uh, I would say like, Creating Run It Once actually is probably doing something good on the whole. Um, as it turns out, creating businesses is more beneficial for society than doing acts like charity on the whole, I would say. It depends on the business, of course, but if this, the businesses are beneficial, um, you could say there's a lot of good that was made from making this business. Uh, I'd like to ask, what made you decide to transition from poker to business? Because this seems like a really hard transition to me as someone who's been exploring this transition a bit. And it seems like very different in many ways. So the funny thing is, you know, I've been doing it for a long time, but I like poker better. I'm not, business is not totally for me, I feel like. And the, the way that it happened was simply I could... I liked teaching poker. I liked making poker training videos. I, I, I always liked teaching strategy. And I thought that it could be done better than other people were doing uh, as far as the, the training sites, the businesses. And so that was the impetus for doing it. It was not that I wanted to get into business. Like I, I didn't have aspirations of running a business. It was just, I think this could be done better. I want to do it. And that's kind of the similar similar to what happened with run at once poker was i think i think there needs to be a poker site like this so i'm going to try to do it it's not i think i'm a great businessman and and i love running businesses it's it, it it's more about so like i i'm personally the part of running a business that i love is creating the product um i'm really passionate about the product, which for the training site is the training content, the website, the brand, and the poker site is obviously the poker platform and the, the policies that go into it, the features, things like that. Um, that's what I'm passionate about. I'm not passionate about managing people. I'm not passionate about marketing. I'm not passionate about, you know, accounting and, uh, I'm not passionate about a lot of the things that go into operating a business. And if you run a business, you sometimes get stuck doing a lot of those things. So, um, so I, go ahead. I'm just going to say, I, I don't know if, if it was a, you know, a great decision for me, but I mean, it, it's gone fine. And I, I like 
aspects of it. But yeah, I think that if you're, if you're interested in, it, it would depend on motivation for getting into business, right? But I would say, make sure that you get an idea of what, what aspects of it you're interested in and, and have a partner of, or partners that you trust, um, which is the key that, that can handle the other aspects or, you know, have complementary skill sets. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, I, I presume you would just hire people to do things like accounting and like managing people and all that. Yes and no, but yes, but it can be dangerous because if you look, I'm not a business guru, but I am going to give some, you know, general advice that I've learned. Um, I think that, I think that it's important that you understand how to do a lot of aspects of your business, even if you're not the one doing it. And even if you're not the best at it your business because you need to know what's going on um you because when you hire people and then they hire people and then they manage those people and you're not overseeing as much because like, like we're you know we're poker players we're doing other things um and even if you're focused on the business you can't do it all but like you need i i think that anybody in a position of you know reasonable power in your business you you need to have a lot of trust in it um, at least if not in their competence, in their, um, transparency with you about what's going on and coming to you when there's a question about something coming to you when they're not sure if you would approve of, you know, one way of doing things or another. Um, because if not, if you kind of just say, okay, well, I'll hire somebody. This guy's resume looks good. He can, he can do this job. Uh, this girl's resume looks good. She can do that job. Okay here's the idea for the business, go do it. Um, you, I mean, you just don't have control and you, and it's, you can't really get it back. Right. You, you, mm -hmm. if, 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 if two years go by and they're running the business and you're like, wait, this is not, this is not what I wanted. Um, why aren't we doing this? Uh, here, let me fit. Like, you don't even know what, you don't know how the business operates at that point because they've been doing it for you the whole time. And you, you don't even have the tools to like dig in and, and change things. You well, don't even, you're, you don't know what you're doing well enough to, to tell them what to do. I presume you just don't relinquish authority and then you figure out like, why aren't they delivering the thing that you want? And then you just, then you have them explain it. And then, uh, I mean, you just don't relinquish authority and then you dig into it is what I personally yeah, guess. But at, at some level you have to trust them because like, there has to be trust because they, they don't have to, uh, I'm trying to think of an example, but like, so let's say you hire me to, to run your marketing department and I'm, you know, we're, I'm running Facebook ads and Google ads. I'm not a marketer, so I'm, I'm not, this is not the best example, but anyways, I'm doing that for you. And it's not doing like, we're not seeing a good ROI and you come to me and you say, well, why aren't we seeing good ROI? And I say, well, I just think the product's not that good. Or I think that we need better, whatever we need better, uh, videos to promote this with. So then you go and make better videos and you provide them to me. And then I do those and st they still aren't good, but, but like, you don't really know if I know what I'm talking about. You don't know what I've like, what options I've chosen in, in, in the marketing uh, you know, in like Facebook's marketing options, you don't know what I've chosen and you don't know how to evaluate what I've chosen because you haven't paid attention to that part of the business. 
And so, yeah, you can keep authority and you can tell me what to do, but you also have to rely on me coming to you <clears throat> and saying, oh, this, this is the problem maybe, or this is the problem maybe. Or let's say you do have an idea and you say, oh, you no, you should, you should start. I, I wish I had picked a better example of something I know something about, but you should start, um, well, you should just stop Facebook advertising and, and uh, do it all on Twitter. And then I say, no, actually, you know, the industry-wide Twitter ROIs for, for our type of business are much, much worse. And you don't, and I'm the expert, you don't really know, but what if I'm, what if I'm bad? What if I'm wrong? Um, like so that, you you're not, in a, even though you have authority, even though you have authority, there's like, what do you do then? Cause you don't have all the information. Got to use your poker skills. Sure. To peer into their souls. Yeah. I'm just saying it's like, it's very important. It's so valuable to have people that you already know well, um, and people that you get to know well and, and trust, um, as you develop a working relationship with them. Uh, and, and that takes getting involved in some of the things more than you would like to be long-term because you need to understand it. That's my two cents. That makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, it's easier for things to go awry if you let them, if you don't check up on them too much. Or if you don't have people who you know are confident already that can check up on them and that kind of thing. Um, so tell us about your website, Run It Once. Well, uh, okay. Well, Run It Once uh, training is a poker training site that uh, has the training videos from from top poker players like Daniel Jungleman Cates and Phil Galfond uh, teaching you how to to play like they play, to think like they think, um, explaining how they navigate different spots or going through, you know, things, theoretical concepts, things like that. And Runner Once Poker is a is a poker platform. Um, yeah, that you can play poker on. You currently can't. We're actually in the process of we we shut down rest of world operations. We were we were live in you know a lot of Europe, Canada, uh, you know across the world, um, but not the U.S. And we're actually shift. We've shut down and we're rebuilding and focusing on the U.S. market. Um, so at the time of this recording, you you cannot play on Run Once Poker. <laughs> So tell me, tell me, uh, what motivates you to, to decide that this product or the, what motivates you to share your knowledge and to help the poker world become, or at least help the select few that are interested in your knowledge to become better at poker. And what's your vision that you make? I've always enjoyed teaching. Um, I think probably had I not found poker, I would have ended up being a teacher of some sort. And I, even from, from very early in my poker career, I started, I remember I started writing strategy articles for Bluff Magazine um, because I liked sharing strategy. And I think the reason I liked it is because I, I really like thinking about strategy. I think it's interesting to, to think about and to talk about. Um, and then also I think that, I think probably a big element of it is that I, I feel like I'm good at it and it's fun to do things that you're good at. It's rewarding to do things that you're good at and rewarding to see um, the content that you put out there help people 
Um, that's kind of the, the best part of all of it. So I've always enjoyed, um, yeah, I've always enjoyed teaching for all those reasons. Okay. That seems to be your, uh, your way of giving back. It sounds like it was like helping people through giving strategy. Is that right? Well, I mean, I don't really consider it giving back. I think, um, you know, well, I guess early in my career, right. I was actually, I don't remember if I was paid or not for bluff magazine articles, but I would have done them for free if I wasn't. Don't tell um, them that. <laughs> and, say uh, that because now it's too late because you're on the next level. Late. I think, yeah, you're on the next level for sure. You're not, um, you would have just given them like, free money. Sure. I, like I used to, you know, the two plus two forums used to share a lot of strategy there. Sometimes used to, I still share, you know, on Twitter, some poker thoughts. I have a YouTube channel. I share some thoughts there, but I don't consider it, you know, giving back when I'm creating training content that's behind a paywall that I make money from, you know, it's, it's, I'm teaching because I enjoy teaching, but it's also a business. Um, so I think it's, you know, I'm, I love when it helps people. Uh, like I absolutely love it to hear that, you know, somebody watched my videos or, or somebody else's on run at once. And it changed the trajectory of their career. And sometimes people will say, oh, this specific concept, you talked about something clicked with me. And then I've had a lot of success. Like, I love that, but, and I'm happy that I'm helping them. And I do think I help people, but I don't consider it giving back when they're, they're paying me to do it. No, that makes sense. Yeah. That's uh, well, well, you take away the, the paying part. Uh, that yeah. part is giving back. Um, yeah. No, it's still, it's still by itself in a vacuum giving back. You could say, and you're just sure. And I mean, like, I, yeah, like I said, through other mediums, I do share thoughts, you know, sometimes that are, that are free. Well, uh, what else is new or what else are you, uh, aiming to do for success? The theme of this podcast is like winning the game of life. Like what else is in store for oh, nice. Mr. Falcons in the future? besides taking over the whole poker world um well yeah i mean so the the real story is obviously the the blanket scheme but what what i would you know what i'm pretending the story is honestly i don't know i i think right now one thing i've struggled with over the past few years kind of like we've talked about is taking on too much and having too much split focus between this business and this business and poker and starting a family and um, i mean i'm still doing all those things of up like when it comes to the business and poker, poker is really still my passion. And I would love to be able to play more than I do. But as you know, that takes a lot of time, not only to play, but to stay on top of your game. Um, so I guess a goal for me in the coming years is to figure out how to play more poker and to study more poker. Um, uh, whether it be more challenges uh, like ours or just finding poker games. It's tough because I... Uh, we live in Las Vegas and now, you know, my, my son's three, he's going to preschool and like, we're kind of entrenched here. And so, you know, just, just traveling the world, like, like a young jungle man can do is not as easy as it once was. And so, you know, my, my options are limited here, uh, compared to, to elsewhere in the world, uh, for the time being, I'm hoping that poker in the U S continues to grow. And I think it will, which is why part of why we're making that, that move with run at once poker. But yeah, one of the challenges is just finding action. Um, and then the other is finding time for the action and for studying. 
And um, who's next on the challenge list? I don't know. So I, the only challenges that still remain, right, are my challenge against you and then finishing my challenge against Bill Perkins. And then there's this like quasi challenge. The, there's uh, Luke, who we uh, never yeah. actually set terms for the challenge, but we have kind of a, we are going, we want to play each other at this game at, for these stakes. And there'll be some kind of number of hands inside bet, but that hasn't, hasn't been figured out. And kind of the challenge, all, all three of those challenges suffer from the same. I can't find another word for challenge. I need a thesaurus, but uh, suffer from the same challenge of location. You know, I'm, I'm here and um, the only like poker site I can play on that is legal where I am is uh, WSOP.com and only people in Nevada and New Jersey can play against me there uh, right now. So that's, that's the struggle is, is finding, well, like that's, that's why we haven't finished our match uh, or played our match yet uh, among other reasons. And uh, that's why I haven't finished my match or one of, I guess with all of these, it's among other reasons because all, all of you have busy lives too, but um, I don't know what's next. I, I want more challengers. I want people that I can play from here uh to to play against me and and i'm i'm open to creative challenges but uh but right now it's yeah it's hard to find and the, the location thing is a real a real a real concern and and the problem is you know as we know sometimes people play poker in other ways on sites that are not uh regulated in the areas that they live but i think just that's uh, I think it's not an option uh, for me. Well, I'll give you the all the creativity you can handle and more. Okay. <laughs> looking for it's coming right at you. All right. Whether you're Good. ready or not for that, I don't think you can handle it. I don't. Think, I I don't know if you know what's coming. I I don't think you do. I'm pretty. You're sure. right that I don't know what's coming. You are right. That's what you would say anyway. That's what you would say anyway. Well, I'll be waiting for any challenges in store. They're not going to get past me. Good. It, it wouldn't be a challenge. I mean, I don't want it to be easy, you know? All right. It's not going to be easy. That much I can promise. I believe That's it. That's for damn sure. Let's see. Do you have any interest to extend beyond poker uh, with what you've done? Um, if you mean like business beyond poker? Sure. Uh, it doesn't have to be business. It can be anything. Yeah. Probably one day. I mean, I, 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 enjoy, um, I enjoy writing. I think one day if I, in a, in a, in a parallel universe where I didn't have any of the obligations and goals and things that I have, I'd, pr I'd probably want to write a book. Um, and maybe that's something for a decade from now, who knows, but as far as get, branching out other, I don't know, right now I'm, I, I, I still love poker and I love being part of poker world. And I, that's where my, my energy still like that's where my passion still is. Yeah, that's covering the whole poker world. Right. Probably. Yeah, if I leave the poker world, then uh, the blanket scheme is 
is done for. It's done for anyway. <laughs> Mark my words, Galfons. May think you have the whole world covered. The whole poker world covered. Yeah. Don't. But you Jungle Man's gonna burn. Jungle Man's gonna burn the blanket. I'm gonna poke a hole in the first. Mm. We're kind of the burning thing. Burning thing is gonna be a little tougher. I'm not gonna lie. But uh, seems more effective though, right? Than poking a lot of holes. Do you think? Oh, or one big hole would be enough, I guess. Working on it. I'm working on it. Okay. The burn, right. the, the burn is a little bit tougher to actually do. Is the thing. Whereas when the blankets all spread out, as we were talking about things that are superficial, it's hard to like cover everything perfectly. But if you yeah. have a strong impact, it can make, it can really do some damage. Let's just put it that way. I'll Let's let you know that, that much of my strategy. I just okay. won't know. Where, you won't know where I'm coming though. You won't know okay. where I'm coming from. Let's put it. That much, no chance, no chance. I, I promise I you, I'm 100% chance. Um, maybe small chance. Uh, is there <laughs> anything you I have left out that you would like to talk about? Is there anything you would is, like to add? Is, is this why you became a run at once pro to 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 get on the inside to work to work against me from the inside? No, no, okay. no, no. Okay. No, that's not why. That's um, you know, I you know, I went out there to make great content and you know support the cause of uh, maybe a you know a little bit. No, <laughs> 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 um, no, 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 maybe, uh, no, 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 um, no. I don't. I don't. Uh, I don't have anything else in mind. I always enjoy talking to you, though. Me too. Me too. All right. Well, guys, this has been Phil Galfond. And uh, where can people learn more about you? I think probably the best place is just Twitter. Uh, that's that's where you can get updates and stuff that's going on. Twitter, probably .com slash Phil Galfond. And then uh, YouTube as well. I don't know if I... I probably have a i might have to just send you a link i don't i don't even know i don't i probably have a, a custom link youtube.com slash user slash no that's actually not it that's an old one i don't know <laughs> i don't know my yeah youtube and twitter uh, i'm on instagram and i don't i don't take that many pictures because i just live in this office and there's nothing to take a picture of okay and where can people learn about everything that falls under the the association of mr falcons or can people you learn that run it you mean run it once what i don't know what you mean about everything you do under the name of mr falcons oh i uh well everything i do under the name of mr falcons is private as you know not for long. Uh, this is, yeah, you are going to expose all of my... Now, as your scheme that you've been doing a bunch of things under the under the name Mr. Falcons, and you're going to uh, expose them all to the world? 
I, I personally like to talk about something uh, like for the sake of, I, I try to orient, orientate, orient everything in the direction of like what the greater good is. Mm-hmm. Um, although it doesn't seem like you're doing anything like for charity or inspired by like some fucking religion or whatever. But if we are, we can talk about something like that a little bit. Um, I mean, you're trying to do good for the whole poker world. I would say. Yeah, I, I would say that. Yeah, I try. I do try to do good for the poker world, and I think. I mean, run at once poker, while while it was a is a business. The goal was, as a player, I was getting nervous about the direction of the industry, and um, wanted to create a poker site that kind of kept players interests and the future, like the future of online poker. It mm-hmm. kept the game what we wanted, what, what it has been. Um, and that was, and I guess I, I do try, I, I suppose to be a voice of reason and uh, positivity in the poker world. And, and I've been fortunate enough to, you know, have like, have, have a, a platform of sorts, you know, people seem to care what I have to say. So I uh, try to use that responsibly and, and for the betterment of, I got the game for you. Yeah. Why? Why do you care about these things? I guess I, I, I mean, it's a, it's a great question. Um, I think I kind of a, a core value of mine is that, you know, I never want somebody that, that I interact with to be worse off because of it. And so you'll like, you'll never see me intentionally harm somebody, intentionally offend somebody, intentionally offend somebody um, or anything along those lines, because I, it's just not how I, it's just like, that's my belief about living life and being a positive, like, just that that's being human, I think is, is that's what it's all about. Not everybody agrees. A lot of people do intention, you know, say things that they know are going to hurt somebody or um, do things that they know are going to hurt somebody. Uh, exception of course being, you know, I do try to take people's money at the poker table. Um, well, that's within the that, rule. That's just fair. That's within the rule. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and so I guess that, that's, I would say kind of a core value how I, to how I live my life. You know, I'm not going to, go to the store and, you know, interacting with the cashier. I mean, it might be my influence is neutral, but I never want to like, I never want to make their day worse. And I I never want to make anybody's day worse. And I think that, I guess on the, on a larger scale, um, you know, I, I, I love the game of poker. I don't necessarily love every single person in the entire poker industry, but I genuinely care about a lot of people that are poker players. And, um, you know, care about the betterment of, of their lives. And if I can have some small impact on that, uh, in a positive way, then I want to. And I mean, I think we, you, I assume, you know, you know, as you've, I know, gotten into more, uh, charitable, uh, ventures that it's very easy to like, why do I care more about the poker world than some other industry or, you know, individual, uh, location or something like that. Um, it's just because, you know, we all like our human instinct is to, to care more about what we see and, 
what we interact with on a daily basis. And that's why some, some charitable causes get neglected because people don't see that in their, their everyday lives. But, you know, I see poker, I interact with poker people and, and the poker world a lot. And so it's kind of the most obvious place for me to, to want to, to, to positively impact people. Well, it's like central to like who you, I mean, it's your community. It's more your community than the whole yeah. world. Let's put it that way. Yes. Yes. Well said. Yeah. Certainly within the scope of the blanket. I think your stand-up character <laughs> within the scope of the blank that we're talking about. Embrace right. the poker world with its warm, loving uh, constrictions. And uh, Thank you. Yeah. Well, I think... Um, definitely a large aspect of that of of not wanting to make someone else's day worse there are many different variations of doing that through uh, through uh, various forms of misconduct that if one has a sense of integrity or a sense of like appeal to logic you can see that if you want to behave good in one way or behave good period or whatever your appeal is to um it can make sense to always be good to someone else but i personally believe that in the super long run in the super long run that this ultimately benefits i mean there's quite a bit of evidence of this but this ultimately benefits oneself like everyone wants to like be close to the friendly guy right or the guy that's never never shows his anger controls his emotions and all of that yeah that's how you get them that's your secret i guess that's how i get them yeah yeah what was i gonna say sometimes you just sometimes you just really make me lose lose control lose my sense of self the um, blankets don't even see the blanket wrapping around you that's that warm, warm embrace. It's that's yeah. That it's that soft, warm embrace. You can feel mm -hmm. it through the uh, through the air. It's energy. Um, were you always this way? I think so. Yeah. Really? Since you were yeah. like six years old. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know if it comes from. Uh, like I, I still don't really know, you know, well, no, I, I do. I don't know where it comes from, I guess. Yeah. That's the long story short is, uh, but yeah, I was, I was always, I, I've been the same. I was like a very, uh, I was an old soul. Like when I was a kid, when I was a teenager, I was already like the same way I am now almost. Um, yeah. I, I feel like I've, I've always been pretty much the same, obviously matured and in some ways like we all have but yeah i think my my the, the way that i act towards people has always been the same so you're saying that you may just be part of a syndicate that there's more of you <laughs> there might be more of me there are more yeah oh my god I hope it isn't true. Fuck no. I don't know if I can handle that. Like that that I wasn't ready for. That 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 that's just like that um 
Yeah. I, uh, shit. This could be way. There, there are more. This could be way bigger than both of us. I mean, if there's more of you, I, I mean, I, I, I might need an army or something. I'm going to have to. Yeah, what chance do you have? You thought, yeah, you thought it was just me and, and you thought it was going to be a challenge. Yeah, what chance do you have against an army of, of Phil Galphons? Now I think you're bluffing. Now I think you're bluffing. <laughs> now I think this is this one is an obvious bluff. I think there's no way you would say it if that was what was going on. I think there's no way. I think I got a read and I got you to expose yourself, or I may have gotten you to expose yourself, but now I think there's no way there's more of you. <laughs> there's no way. It's just too unlikely. Well, I think we we both um, give you the real answer. So, yeah. Well, we're gonna find the truth. The truth is coming out one way or another, and that's what we're doing today: revealing the truth of Phil Galfond, his message, his website, RyanWants.com, his legacy in the poker world, and what happens next. Leave a little trailer for that. Yeah. Nice. All right, guys. Well, this has been Bill Galfon, aka Mr. Fucking Falcons, right here, <laughs> right in front of you, doing his thing, spreading his secrets before spreading Thanks for having me on Jungle. It was fun. Yes. Thanks for being part of it, Bill. Yeah, my pleasure. All right. Thank you for listening to this episode of Winning the Game of Life. Tune in next week for another great episode. Of course, hit subscribe and follow Dan on Instagram at the Dan Cates.